Good morning, everyone. It is Wednesday, October the 2nd, 2019. It is currently 10.22 a.m. Central Time, and it is also time once again to listen to another sermon. Now, we're in the middle of a very long series, and I'm calling this series The State of Christianity in Abilene, Texas. Now, the goal of this series is very simple. I'm trying to give everyone an idea of what is happening within Christianity in 2019. And the way I decided to accomplish this is by focusing in on what is being preached in churches right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, why did I choose this approach? Why did I choose this way to accomplish my goal? Well, it's very simple. I don't know all the churches across the United States of America. Trying to look them up would be very hard. I'd have to look up a city, look up churches for that city. I don't know those churches. It, it would be very difficult. And there are millions of churches. But if I focus in on the churches in the city in which I live, in fact, if I focus in on the city in which I was born and raised, well, it's very simple. I know these churches doesn't take a lot to look them up. I drive past these churches. So I thought, well, this would be an interesting approach. And by focusing in on what's happening within Christianity here in Abilene, Texas, we'll give everyone an indication of what is happening within Christianity at large. No matter what city you live in, what's happening in Abilene, trust me, it's probably happening where you live as well. We're going to get at least an idea. So I, I hope this has been already an interesting series. We have listened to seven sermons so far. We've listened to a sermon from a Church of Christ church. We've listened to some from Baptist churches, from a charismatic churches. One of the interesting things is I think two of the sermons from the Baptist church, or at least used to be called a Baptist church, Beltway Park Baptist. Now it's just called the park. Um, I still think they are associated with the Baptist um, if you listen to those two from the so-called Baptist church, they were really more charismatic than I think the one from the charismatic church, which th that says a lot about what's happening within Christianity in 2019. We, there's a lot of things we could talk about. A lot of things. We, we listened to a sermon. <laughs> whew, we listened to a sermon where the pastor was going to explain to us what it means that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. And, uh, well... Yeah, we may need to go do some teaching on that to try to uh, clarify some things. Uh, but uh, this is very important. Your feedback is literally absolutely critical to this series. Because when you email me at newsif at yahoo.com to either ask questions about one of these sermons or dis to, to discuss something, it can give me, well, the material to then record special messages for this series. Let me give you an example. And one of the messages... There was a discussion about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Get the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And someone asked and started uh, asking questions about what does that mean? How do we get it? How do we know we have it? So we're at some point, I'll have to do a message on kind of a biblical understanding of this phrase, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we'll look at how it's been used maybe throughout church history. Maybe there's a lot of different ways we could do so. But again, it was the discussion that 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 lets me know, okay, people are listening and they're, they're thinking, and that is good. So please let me know. I mean, it, it requires a lot of work to produce a series like this because I got to go listen to all these sermons, right? I got to go listen and then uh, try to pick one and go, okay, we'll, we'll go with this one. So 
I, I hope I hope that you are benefiting from it. And I hope I'm not wasting my time or your time because I'm really trying to produce something. I think it's important. I think as Christians, we need to know what's happening within Christianity in 2019. I really do. And I think by focusing on what's happening within Christianity here, it's an interesting way to accomplish that. And hopefully you agree. All right. Now, today, where are we going to go? Well, today, in fact, I'll pull up the, the church we're going to jump over to the First United Methodist Church located at 202 Butternut Street, Abilene, Texas. First United Methodist Church, 202 Butternut Street, Abilene, Texas. Now, this sermon was posted, um, I think it was posted yesterday. I think it was posted on October the 1st. So I I, I'm, I'm a, I, I can only assume, because it doesn't give me a date, it just tells me when it was posted. I'm thinking this is the sermon from this past Sunday. Now, the name of this sermon, let me pull this up, is called, I Pledge Allegiance. I Pledge Allegiance. Now, at the beginning of this sermon, he's going to do something with the Pledge of Allegiance, with the flag. It does raise some questions um, in my mind. You know, uh, is it the church's job to teach patriotism? Is it the church's job? Um, you know, it, it does raise those questions. Now, I, I get a little confused on what he's trying to do because it sounds like he... He, he wants to go into this discussion about the Pledge of Allegiance. He wants to go into, he gets the history of the Pledge of Allegiance. But then he almost seems to challenge, is it biblical for us to pledge our allegiance to the flag? Which is kind of an interesting point. So he kind of starts making that point. And then, and then he, I don't know what happens. It's, it's a weird sermon. It's a hard sermon to follow. I, I, I don't know if he had like, and, 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 and when I listen, I try not to be too critical because as a pastor, trust me, there's been plenty of Mondays I come home and I feel like, man, what happened? That was the worst Sunday of my life. Those sermons were garbage. They were a garbage. They were, they were a dumpster fire. They were, they were complete trash. And usually I delete those sermons and I don't post them on the internet, okay? I, now, you may be arguing, well, all of your sermons are a dumpster fire. All of your sermons are garbage. You shouldn't post any of them. I understand that there's lots of people who have that opinion. So I understand. So I'm not trying to be super critical. It's just I was really confused. I was like, okay, ooh, oh, all right. He's, he's going to quote from James. He's going to use the Pledge of Allegiance. And now he's going to, he's going to create this tension you're an American. You love your country. Should you pledge your allegiance to the flag? Should you? Where is your allegiance? Is your allegiance to Christ or is it to your country? How do you balance these two? Are they competing concepts? How does this work? I, I thought, okay, this could be interesting, but it. I don't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you will hear it differently. This will be. This will be interesting. Getting feedback on this one. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say too much. Because I don't like, I don't want to kind of, you know, um, infect your thinking before you hear. But, I, you know, I, I'm always reacting to these sermons when I do these introductions. So it's always hard not to start just talking about them. But I'll let you listen to it for yourself. Um, I don't know. I, I, hear, I guess the, I don't even know what to say here. Whenever you listen to these sermons, the key is how is the text of Scripture being handled? How is the text of Scripture being handled? That's, that's really 
the, 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 the subject at hand. So we'll, we'll listen to, here, to this and you can, uh, you can make your own decision. So let me give you the information again. We're going to First United Methodist Church located at 202 Butternut Street, Abilene, Texas. I'm assuming this is the sermon preached this past Sunday. Um, I hate when that I don't give you the date that it was preached on, but I, I don't do that either. If you look at our sermons, it just tells you um, when they're posted. So, that, you know, I do the I, I make the same mistake. So I can't really blame them. In this particular case, it would be better, but that's all right. Um, it's called I Pledge Allegiance. James is the text. You can determine what is going on here, and you can uh, you can you can kind of determine what you know. You, you can let me know what this tells you about what's happening within Christianity in 2019. My goal is when this series is over, is to kind of give you my five lessons I have learned by listening to all of these sermons, and uh, well, you, you, let me know what lessons you're learning. That that may be actually more interesting. Not what, what I think, what you think. What lessons are you learning? All right, and for those who live in the Abilene, Texas area, if there's sermons from certain churches you would like to hear me play, let me know. I'll look them up, and if they're available, we'll grab them. We'll, we'll see. We're just, again, we're, try, these, we're not, we're in no way, shape, or form taking anything these churches say out of their context. We're letting their sermon play for itself in its entirety without any editing or commentary. Now we may come back and offer some commentary, but they got to, they, they cannot get mad at us for not giving them the chance to speak because they get to be heard in their full context. All right, so um, we'll do that. And some and, and and like the one Beltway Park uh, that we listened to, we listened to two of their sermons part of a conference, we'll probably come back and listen to the rest of the conference just to be fair, so that no one can say that we've misrepresented the the overall you know, theme or, or whatever of the conference. I don't think it's that many messages in their conference, so we'll try to pull that off. All right, here we go. We'll be back maybe this afternoon with another one. Uh, we'll see. I've got to get ready for tonight at Victory Baptist Church so I can post my sermon, okay? <laughs> Which, yeah, um, our, our current ser sermons at Victory Baptist Church, let's just say, would be extremely controversial, but but there, there's, a, there's a method to my madness Hopefully at some point, everyone will see where we are going. All right, here we go. Let's jump in. I'm getting uh, messages from people. So let us let me go answer those messages. But for now, you listen to this sermon and tell me what you think. Again, you can email me at newsif@yahoo.com. All right, listen carefully. May God bless you as you think about the state of Christianity in 2019. Oh, how many of y'all full of God's spirit today? Amen. I want us to open up our Bibles to James chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, as we prepare our hearts, mind, and soul. If you don't know where it's at, it's up here on the screen, or it's even in our little bulletin insert that we have. There's so many great things that are happening during uh, this time that we live in, but I want us to, to really focus on God's Word today. And I urge you to read the before and the after of James so that we can fully submit ourselves to God. That's how mine's subtitled. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battles within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. 
When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. This, my brothers and sisters, is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. I pledge allegiance. How many of y'all remember that when you were a kid? How many of you as a kid in school were one of the kids that wanted to be chosen to go up and be able to be on the intercom? Those of you that remember Greece, you know, it reminds me of that lady that ding, 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 ding. You know, that was me. I wanted to be the one that was up there wanting to do the Pledge of Allegiance or just say what we were going to have for lunch. That was me. That was, I was that kid. And I don't know how many of y'all were, are, are, are like that that are out there, but I really did want to do that. Not just once, but all the time. But I'm going to give us a little history lesson on the Pledge of Allegiance, so I'm going to ask us all to stand because we need to honor this flag that we have. Everything that's gone on in this great nation that we live in, the freedom that we have, where is it going? Who is it that you have allegiance to? Everybody that's in this church, I already know that y'all know what to do. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Amen. Hey, we're not done yet. At least... That's not the way that all of us learn this Pledge of Allegiance. You know, I want y'all to listen to this. Y'all don't have to recite it, but I still want y'all to hold your hand over your heart because I want y'all to listen to the words. It says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic of which it stands, one nation, indivisible, and liberty and justice for all. What didn't I say? Amen. It was added in 1954. You can sit down now. It was added in 1954 with the encouragement of President Eisenhower in part to the response to the cold brewing war and the communist stance that was up. My grandparents and maybe my great-great-grandparents learned the Pledge of Allegiance when they were young and they recited it. And it went like this. It says, I pledge allegiance to the flag and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Did you hear what I said? To my flag. To my flag. In 1923, the National Flag Confederates called for the words, my flag, to be Change to the flag of the United States of America. Y'all probably going, but why? Why is he talking about this? So that new immigrants that would not be confused to the loyalties between their birth country and the United States, the words 
of America were added a year later. Now, Baptist minister Francis Billamy is credited for writing the Pledge of Allegiance in August 1897. It was originally published in the same year, September, in an issue magazine magazine that y'all might remember, some of you might, it was The Young Companion, which is one of the greatest curriculums that was done at that time. On Columbus Day, a year, the Pledge of Allegiance was to be in the schools as we knew it, not today, but what it used to be when I was a kid. And a lot of us that are gathered here remembered that that's one of the things that we did as children when we went to school. We proclaimed the Pledge of Allegiance. And it was a celebration that President Benjamin Harris also celebrated this on Columbus Day, which will be not this week, but next Monday. Amen? And it wasn't until 1942, those of you that are history uh, buffs out there, that Congress formally adopted the official Pledge of Allegiance for the United States of America. But pledging allegiance to anything of this should make us a Christian, should it? I want y'all to think about this. It makes me a little nervous according to what James just said. Any In other parts of the Bible, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world becomes my enemy of God. That's what James proclaims. James continued just to lay it out there without, put, you know, without pulling any punches in and out, relentless, reminding us that we, we together, not one, we claim to have faith. But Jesus just doesn't think so. Because faith is accompanied by kind words that would make Jesus proud. It's making poor and marginal primary concerns our care and our compassion. Communicating in ways to seek and heal and build up and mend relationships. In our Christian faith, it's not evidence. There's no evidence in what we do and who we stand in accordance with. That's Jesus. Someone who embodies the word wise. Now I want y'all to do something for me. I want y'all to close y'all's eyes. Don't fall asleep. I heard an amen when I said fall asleep. I want y'all to do something for me. Without really thinking about it, I want you to call upon an image of somebody who embodies the word smart. Think of a person that's smart. You got it? You got it? I don't hear y'all. Okay, thank you. Now, just as spontaneous, uh, get a mental picture of someone who embodies the word wise. Do you got it? Okay, you can open your eyes. Now, I'm willing to bet that the, that the persons that you picked weren't the same ones. But is there anybody out there that picked the same person? So everybody else that's in here picked a different person? Show of hands. Y'all did better than the first service. Why is it that you picked two different people? Two different what? Two different qualities. 
So being smart doesn't mean that you're wise. Amen? So one of these classic geeks, absent-minded professor whose mind just works on different levels and is brilliant, but he lacks something that's called common sense. Wouldn't you agree? The rest we see as normal and as socialized. The other generalization that popped into my mind as smart is like being a successful businessman, one who can grasp the facts that might work in a larger scheme and be successful. Kind of savvy and attractive and also has power, authority, and gets things done. But the other, the word wisdom, what does it do to your mind? When you hear the word wisdom, who do you think about? The picture I get is, I don't know how many of you have seen the picture of, of a man that's at the table. He's an old man with a beard and there's a loaf of bread just sitting on the table. And he's got his hands like this and he's praying. Now, I don't know, you could, uh, the way I see that picture is this, this man has so much wisdom that he's giving God thanks for this piece of bread because that might be his only meal that he's going to have for that day. He's not asking for more or for less. He's thanking God for what he has. When I see that picture, I see wisdom. I see strength. And there's so much more that you could see with that picture. Will you venture that a smart, savvy person appeared? But when I said, when you lined it up with the wisdom, it was a different person. Why is that? Why didn't we pick the same person? I want y'all to think at best we credit wisdom with being virtue that possibly we have luxuries to develop in our retirement. So we can distinguish in our culture and claim wisdom that we achieve at old age. We respect and honor our elders for the wisdom they possess. Amen? I think this is true. We pass off titles of being wise upon elderly because we are too busy doing the really important things of life. Too busy trying to be what? Smart. Really important things that has no quality of being wise. Our scripture lesson today is a part of the larger periscope, a larger section of James that talks about what it means to be wise, how wisdom comes from God. But too often we choose to be smart. We choose to be smart to the world, which is evident itself in envy, boastful, selfish, ambitious, coveting, craving, which leads to conflicts and dispute. He even says that the worldly intelligent smartness even makes our prayers means of selfishness, greed, jealousy. God is the only one that has favor on us. When we start doing all those other things, greed, jealousy, Sometimes we're still asking for God's favor, but he's not there. So what I want to tell you today, church, it all boils down to this. Where is your loyalty? Where is your loyalty? To whom 
or what do you pledge your allegiance to? James says you have a choice. You can pledge your allegiance to God and enjoy the fruits and the wisdoms, which is peace, or you can pledge your allegiance to worldly things, which is fruit, is conflict, war, strife. Which one do you choose? I urge you to really pray about it, especially during this week. This weekend, Christians from around the world will come together and celebrate unity as Christians as we celebrate World Communion Sunday, as we celebrate Holy Eucharist. We're able to do this because first and foremost, we pledge our allegiance with God as known in the person of Jesus Christ. We don't do it perfectly, which leaves Christians open for ridicule, hypocrisy, But even so, when we gather around this table that we have set here before you, we gather to seek to give our loyalty to who? To God. We discover that in God's love, grace, that makes all things possible. All things possible. In God's wisdom, we are not left to our own devices. We are not left to our own devices. Thanks be to God. So I tell you today, everything that's been going on in this world, I'm talking about social media, I'm talking about the news, I'm talking about everything that's been going on here recently. Are you going to stand up with your alliance to God or with man? What are you going to do? And some of you are probably saying, but I'm just a kid. How do I know what to do? That's why you got Sunday school teachers. That's why you got youth coordinators. That's why you got people. If you got questions, come talk to me. Come talk to David, Marissa, anybody that's here, guy, angel. We've got people in this church that can talk to you. We've got so much wisdom right here in this front row. Peggy, she's got a lot of wisdom. She's giving me a, like a nod like... She's got a lot of wisdom. She's humble. She's a servant of Christ. And there's a lot of other people that are gathered here that have the same kind of attributes. What are we going to do? How are you going to line up to who? Is it going to be God or man? So as you come up to this altar, I pray to God that you leave. You leave what you're going to do up here. Some of the stories that I've heard from some of the people that are gathered here, y'all have left stuff that you've had holding on like luggage and you feel like you're free. So come. Come to this altar as we get prepared for Holy Communion as God is the one that's able to renew you, transform you, and give you life that's full of God's glory. Amen? So let us prepare our hearts, minds, and our soul for communion. It's Christ's invitation to not one, but to all, everybody that's gathered here. 
You can look up on the screen or you can just... The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The risen Christ is with us. Almighty God, to you our hearts are open, all desires known. And from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, open our hearts, our minds by the power of the Holy Spirit that as the scripture is read today and we, the word that was proclaimed, we hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. What is it that we believe, church? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He ascended into and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and will come again to judge. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Like I said earlier, Christ our Lord invites to the table all who love Him, who earnestly repent of their sins and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Church, merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved your neighbor. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for the joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God loved toward us. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. Amen. The great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. We lift up our hearts. It is right and good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you. Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, you formed us in your image. You breathed into us breath of life. When we turned away and your love failed, your love remained steadfast. You declared us from captives, made covenant to be our sovereign God and spoke to us through the prophets and so with your people on earth and all the company in heaven, we praise your name and join in the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him. You preach the good news to the poor. You proclaim release to the captives and recovering sight to the blind to set liberty to those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come 
when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and of spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of the Holy Word with Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took the bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given to you. Do this as often as you eat in remembrance of me. When supper was over, he took the cup and he gave thanks to you. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of my new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as holy and living sacrifice and union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in the ministry to all the world until Christ comes in his final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your Son Jesus Christ with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray as Jesus taught his disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today your daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of the trials and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I'm going to ask the communion stewards to step forward. And let us remember, as we come up and we receive communion, let us remember because there is one loaf. We who are many are one body. We partake in this one loaf. The bread which we break is the sharing of the body of Christ. And the cup of which we give thanks is the sharing of the blood of Jesus. And I want to tell you, this is an open invitation to everyone that's gathered here today. When you come, the body of Christ given to you, saying amen. Amen. And when you receive the blood of Jesus, it's the blood of Christ given for you. Amen. And then come and give something at the altar that you've been holding on to. That's not letting you sleep. That's not letting you live. This is the time. This is the time to pledge your allegiance to God. Not to man, not to TV, not to the things of this world. Pledge it to God. 
He's the one that makes not one, but all things possible. So come, the table is open. Come and receive a blessing that comes from above. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and you will come near. God will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. In the purity of your heart, you're double-minded. Grieve, mourn, well. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother and sister or judges themselves against the law and judges it, when you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you are. To judge, you are not to judge your neighbor. Be patient then, my brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. brothers and sisters in the view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is true in proper worship do not conform to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will amen amen Pray to God that you were blessed today by the songs. Let us not get distracted by the world to world daily activities that take place. Let's not give the devil a chance to even come in. Let's tell him, get behind me, Satan. You've been defeated. And God will continue to fight your battles as long as you continue to ask. So as we leave today, leave and know that God is in control. But sometimes what happens is we, as humans, forget because we get caught up. We get caught up in being smart that we stop seeking the wisdom that comes from God. Keep searching for that wisdom. Keep asking God to give you what you're lacking and he will give it to you in due time. So go and know as you leave today that God is shining throughout this world that we live in, not just here, but everywhere. Your workplace, your home, your life. But we have to open up to receive God's true message. Amen.